0: Gem, you've tuned into my Life of Gem live video podcast. First, a word from our sponsor, Hotbox Vintage.
1: Hi, I'm Delilah, and I own Hotbox Vintage in South Pasadena, California. At Hotbox, our goal is curating vintage pieces that you can't live without. Our collection includes everything from the 1940s to even the early 2000s. What excites us is eclectic and unconventional style since there's no one-size-fits-all approach to fashion. Hotbox is priced for accessibility so that literally anyone can discover some vintage gems of their own. Plus, it's sustainable. Find us on Instagram and use code RAGHOUSE at checkout for 20% off your first order at hotboxvintage.com.
0: I'm back. You're watching my Life of Gem live video podcast based on my blog of the same name. Check out my Life of Jam Facebook page for new blog posts and stories and to watch the live feed of this video podcast so you don't have to search for it. So you got to follow Jam, okay? You can also, if you miss the live stream, always watch the live recorded version on YouTube. Just search Life of Jam. And if you want a video podcast of your own, contact Raghouse Media and April Duran, my rock star producer. She is the real deal. Now, we have a very wicked witches episode for you today. Witches! It's about tarot and New Age practices, to be specific. What we used to call Wiccan, but we are only allowing white witches in. No black witches, no dark witches, let's put it like that, no black magic. I'm going to call this episode Witchy Poo, and I have a story of that same name which I'm going to read. Then we're going to have a call-in interview of my good friend Gina D. She's an educator, she's a singer-songwriter, and she's a tarot card reader, and she just started her own business called Blackbird Tarot which specializes in using tarot cards to reach into your intuition. And she's going to talk to us about that. Gina's been a friend of mine for over two decades. We went to UC Riverside together. We both majored in English literature. She's the most intuitive person I know. She is the epitome of Zen. And I remember when we were at UC Riverside back in the day, she lived in this big old white house And we would drink cup after cup of coffee and talk about life. She was kind of my life coach. And to this day, when I have a question about what to do, I call Gina. Now, Gina will talk to us about tarot cards and her practice and about her company, Blackbird Tarot. And we can take questions in the comments section. If anyone has a question, Gina's gonna be on the phone, so put a question in the comments section. And at After her interview, I'm going to take up a couple of calls, and there will be a giveaway. First, my story. This story is called Witchy Poo. I wrote it for my blog initially, and then I read it in a Bruja section at AWP, which is the Writers' Conference. So I read this live, and I met a couple friends because of this, one of them being Michelle Gonzalez, who's also a Bruja. So here goes. Witchy Poo. It was sophomore year of high school when my metamorphosis began. I ditched the swim team along with school most days and dyed my hair from dark brown to blue black. Soon after, I pierced my nose. I was the first one at school to pierce my nose. It was shocking to many of my high school friends back in the 1980s. I began wearing all black outfits to school, paired with some combat boots, an onk necklace, thick black Susie Sue eyeliner. And by junior year, the change was complete. The new style got me a lot of attention. When me and my best friends, Tracy and Melinda, would walk by all decked out, sometimes we could hear the whispers, they'll put a spell on you. With eager, hand-wringing curiosity, we bought a book on Wicca and astrology. We pledged to only do white magic. But in truth, the only magic we attempted was reading our fortunes with tarot cards and poring over horoscopes and astrology books from the Crystal Cave in Claremont, California. We were a three-member coven like in the craft, without any spells, potions, or powers, really. In truth, I was somewhat of a poser witch, a Catholic Mexican girl who was more style than substance, but one who was really into the dark wave of bands like The Cure, Joy Division, The Smiths, Susie and the Banshees, Sisters of Mercy, along with other punk bands like the Sex Pistols and the Buzzcocks. People were often surprised by my alternative music tastes. They would often ask me, you don't listen to Power 106, but you're Mexican. My mother was horrified by my change from Goody Two Shoes to Punk Rock Girl. She would say disdainfully, you look so ridiculous. You look like a bruja. Why do you dress like that? My tias would say, mija, take off those combat boots. My dad, John, was more gentle. He would say, Jenny, he always called me Jenny. Don't dye your hair so dark. You look prettier with light brown hair. What no one understood, however, at least none of my family did, was that my change from goody-two-shoes to goth-punk princess was not about my outside. It was about my insides. It was interior, not exterior. The change was, I mean. I recognized, even way back then, and I was never educated about it until later, that I had a melancholy sensibility was a little depressed and in punk wreck anarchy being mexican or not i found something that spoke to me because when i found that art punk music dark wave whatever you want to call it that touched off a spark it hit a nerve and i can never go back homecoming in my mom's opinion, was a disaster from the pictures. She didn't appreciate my date's mohawk or his shiny silver suit. She did not like my black iridescent dress with lace sleeves that would make any goth girl swoon. My blue-black hair was in waves, stud earring in one nostril. Maybe I wasn't the first girl. I might have been the second girl. And my makeup Black eyeliner lined so thick on the upper lid that it would take days to come off. And bright red lipstick in a cupid bow. My mom wailed when she saw me. Oh no, Juanita. How can I show these pictures to my relatives, to your tias? I should have responded. I am and will always remain to this very day punk rock girl. That's my story. Witchy poo. So it is 707. We're going to call my friend Gina in about two minutes. But um, let me tell you a little bit more about Gina. So her company Blackbird Tarot is a company that you can find on Facebook. And like I said, she specializes in using the tarot in one's everyday life. And she's going to talk to us about that. Let me see if we can call her. Gina, if you're watching, we're going to be about a couple minutes early calling you. My story was shorter than I thought. Here we go, Gina. We're calling her. See if she answers. Hello? Hi, is this Gina? It's Jem. It's Gina. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. Feeling zen? What's that? Are you feeling zen? Uh,
1: very, I was <laughs> actually, I was just in my lotus position on, on my bed, zenning out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can picture that, actually. Well, tell my viewers and myself, even though I probably know some of this stuff, a little bit about yourself and how you got into tarot.
1: Well, um, a little over 10 years ago, I kind of stumbled upon a spiritual journey, which um, kind of funny started by watching a crazy flick called uh, what's the Bleep do we know? But that really kind of started me on this journey, but I was never really uh, interested in tarot growing up. That always kind of went into the category of Ouija boards and <laughs> things that, that I just, you know, I wasn't really afraid of them so much as not really interested, but funny thing, the way um, things come into your life now I can look back and think probably it was, I had some help, some divine help to have this idea, but I ended up buying a deck on Amazon and taking a course online. Um, And I started practicing and the readings were accurate. And it it was really surprising to me because in the past on this spiritual journey, I've tried other things and I just, you know, I don't, I don't see things. I don't hear things. I didn't feel like maybe that was going to be a gift I would have and then just playing and practicing tarot finding that um, it was something that I was able to use as a tool.
0: That's really interesting that the tarot cards became your medium and you had tried other stuff. I agree about the scariness of the Ouija boards. My Uh friends and I had some really um, scary experiences with Ouija boards when we were in high school because we did use them. And we lived in this old house in Upland that we pretty much know was haunted. And if you went Uh into one room with it, you could literally feel the vibe coming off the... Ouija board. So, but going back into your spiritual journey, um, once you discovered the power of the tarot for you, how did you hone your skill set? Was it just through that class or?
1: Well, no, you know, the biggest um, factor in accuracy and just in the reading is really believing your intuition and doubt is the biggest uh, enemy of that. So, um, it's scary to put your faith, especially if, you, if you're a logical person and, you know, there has to be some faith in it that, and really what the faith is, is you're trusting that your intuition is going to be able to give a reading that is helpful to your client.
0: Interesting. So, but going, it's going back like to week Almost really quick, believing in yourself, like, you know, how much stuff we can make happen with just the power of intention. But what were you going to say about Ouija boards? Oh, just that, uh, going back to that, um, I, I
1: don't think that people should dabble. That's the kind of a, um, my cautionary tale is one of the things with Ouija boards is, you know, people go into it for, you know, experience, which they hope to be fun or exciting or whatever, but there's actually, it's like having respect for fire or water, you know, um, spirit is energy and you, and there needs to be a respect there. So when you're dabbling, you're going in your intentions might be pure, but you don't know what you're asking for. And generally speaking, Ouija is a lower energy attractor. So, you know, you might be calling for grandma and something might appear and say it's grandma, but it's not grandma. So oh, that's I, just, scary. I was, <laughs> seriously how many I just got you know, goosebumps. <laughs> how many celebrity ghost stories start with we were playing with the Ouija board, you know? I mean it's it's not that Ouija boards are evil. It's just generally people using them are dabblers, and there's a danger in that. You have to really understand what you're dealing with to, so it's not scary because tarot is not scary. And you know, one of the reasons why I think I ended up um, connecting with it is it's a story, and you mm-hmm. and I love story, right? So it's yeah. you know the, the fool's journey and. It really, there are cards that people hate to get and it's scary. And in fact, I, I pulled two cards just to kind of give me some insight into what I need to know before this interview. And I did this thing where I, I don't, when I, um, I don't like to fan it out and pick because I'm an overthinker and I'll be like, am I choosing this out of intuition or am I, you know, so I just shuffle and cut. And one of them kind of I decided I hadn't decided if I was going to take the the top card or the bottom card, so I took both. And Ah. the first and the first one was the three of swords, which is not a card anybody wants to get. The picture (laughs) on it is a heart with three swords going through it, and I'm like, "Ah," you know, my, my first instinct is, oh, it wasn't that one. That wasn't the one I wanted to take. But I'm like, there's some message in here, or this would not have happened. And that's really the inside of tarot is you're. It's not that the cards hold any power and that they're giving you a fate, it's that you are intuitively, it's like horoscope, you're reading into it what you are for some reason blocking. And the tarot allows you, it's almost like it, you know, it focuses your it, your attention on the areas that you're not giving attention to. So it, I, in my belief is that tarot is a snapshot of, the trajectory of your energy. So whatever, wherever you're vibrating, whatever perspective you're holding and you do a reading, that reading is going to be based on where you're on right now, but we have free will and you can change your perspective and you can change your energy on a thought and change the trajectory. So, so what was
0: the other card you got? You, you said you pulled uh, two.
1: Yes. It was a King of Cups and um, it's a good one, but it, it's all about, um, just it went, here's the thing. So do, should I explain the tarot deck a little sure. bit? And, okay. So there's a minor arcana and that is like a regular card deck. They have the same cards, but they have a little slightly different name. So instead of hearts and diamonds, it's cups and swords and pentacles and, and each suit has the, its thing that it is over. So like pentacles or finances and things like that. So um, whenever you draw uh, court card which you know would be a page instead of a jack um like the knight, knight. of swords well there's a page a knight mm. and so there's yeah there's four so um, oh, there's a the page, page and, yeah page knight queen and king and these are kind of hard cards for readers because they're not like the other cards where it's just like these these characters these archetypes And so when you pull them, there's generally somebody in your life who's like that, or it's calling you to be more like that. Mm. And they're a little, they're a little harder to read. And then you have the major arcana, which is the fool's journey. And the first card is the fool. And the last one is the world. And the fool goes through its journey and learns lessons. So in our life, we're at different times. There's certain lessons we need to be, you know, learning or working on. So, the cards can be used as a prophetic thing, but really, and the way that I do readings, I'm not really interested in just giving a prophetic reading. There's always some insight as to why, because when somebody comes for a reading, they're generally coming because they don't trust their intuition yeah. or they're not sure about their decision. And that's, that's insecurity. So it's important for me to communicate to my clients that when you come for a reading, I'm not telling you what to do. The cards are not telling you what to do. This is not, you know, this is just basically a reflection back to you of where you are in your life and maybe where you are not um, focusing enough attention or, you know.
0: Yeah. And I can say this when um, there was about a year ago, I was applying to grad school for my MFA in creative writing. And I was thinking about leaving public defender practice And I was really torn, so I called Gina, because like I said, she's like a really good life coach and a therapist. And um, she did my reading (laughs) eventually, but I think what I got out of it is that I needed to merge my two worlds. And I had Mm -hmm. always resisted merging my law practice with my writing practice. And once I merged those two, and that's what the whole reading said, uh, what Gina does is she also does, through Blackbird Tarot, you get a whole like, Story of your reading, and when she gave me that story, the thing I took out of it was that I needed to synthesize and let my worlds collide. And once I did that, honestly, magic happened. Um, so much magic happened, I can't even go into it. You know, stories published. You know, you know, my memoir finished. Um, this podcast video podcast after meeting April. So do you know, why do you think that is it? Do you think there's something about seeing it and believing it that makes it happen? Like what is that magic that happens?
1: It's validation. And it's, it's something out. And really this goes back to us not pressing our own, you know, desires because they have let us, um, <clears throat> down a faulty path before, you know, we've, Oh, I tried that. It didn't work mm-hmm. out. And so, Tarot can sometimes give people the validation that they need to go forward with what they want. But I really think the ultimate thing is to get back to trusting your intuition. Mm -hmm. I really don't like to read people too close together. I don't want them getting thinking that the cards are the answer. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the cards are the question, but you have to understand that this is really a process of, I only use my cards when I'm confused and I don't trust my intuition. But I have worked with my intuition enough that I don't have to use the cards for myself that often.
0: Wow. You know, and... It's Mm -hmm. almost like that old cliche that the answer is inside of us, right? Oh, it is. That if you want to go home, it's it's really here, right? Yeah, somebody could argue that it's just self-fulfilling prophecy.
1: Mm. Okay? Guess what? Placebo pills work. You know, like, I don't know whether this is... Whatever it is, it's not a spoken or explainable how it works for people. Like, out of a deck of, you know, 72 cards, 70 some cards, um, I consistently pull the same ones because those are the lessons that I keep needing to be reminded to work on,
0: mm. you know? Yeah. So, um like you I'm, said, it's the it's really a story of your life, like the hero's journey, the fool's journey, whatever you want to call it. Um, so you have a certain philosophy of tarot as an everyday reflective practice. Can you also explain that? Well,
1: if for somebody who's interested and they're brand new to tarot, um, I would suggest not going, I mean, go get a reading to get inspired, whatever, but like, it's not to have your life told to you before um, it happens. That's not really the purpose of it. And so what I would recommend for anybody who's interested is start with Oracle cards because Mm. the tarot deck is a lot to learn. And there's just part of the reason that um, tarot works as well as it does as a tool is the hundreds of years of it being used and all of the belief behind that. So there's this energy around the deck. Um, The Oracle cards are are almost like, um, you know, a motivational quote a day calendar. You can you can have one of those and a day will come where that one was exactly what you needed to hear. Right. How many
0: Oracle cards are there? Is it a smaller deck?
1: It, uh, there are so many different kinds of Oracle cards. You just have to Google it on Amazon and there's tons. So there are angel Oracle cards. There's love, Oracle, you know, but basically with that, you don't have to learn it, whatever the card says. That's what it is. Oh. Whereas you have, you have to learn what each card means and it had, they have several meanings. And then there's also reverse cards, which I don't work with, but it's like for, it's even more specific. If you can read also, cause it, it doubles the deck. Every, mm. every card reverse has a, you know, and there are different philosophies on that. Some people just believe it's the same meaning, just less. Other people mean it means the opposite things. There's different philosophies on that. But um, I still consider myself a practicing Carol. I'm not a, anywhere near a master, but I'm no longer a beginner. Yeah. But I just have found the value. And even though I've been able to help friends with, you know, questions they had about what's coming, so prof- prophetic readings, and been accurate with it. Um, what I see the value in is they I saw them get the spark of there's something to energy. There's something and they're and now they're they're curious and they're trusting their intuition and they're talking about that stuff more. So even more than, yeah, you knew you were gonna get the house before you got it. You know, it's yeah, you're starting to believe in magic again.
0: Yeah, and I think there's something magical about believing in magic. It's almost like believing in God. You believe in something that You can't see, and part of that faith creates its own kind of power, don't you think? I
1: think, you know, I go back to very simple, basic teachings all the time. The older you get, the more you realize those simple teachings are where it's at. Thomas Aquinas, the balance between faith and reason. You don't want to be so faithful that you don't check your logic when something is not right, you know. But if you're so stuck in everything being logical and you can't believe in the magic that's not good either so it's a balance and it's really hard for I think for people in our generation to admit that they want to believe in magic and magic for me just being things that cannot be explained but I totally think it's all scientific because it's energy we just Mm -hmm. don't understand it so it seems like magic the way that the way that a a eclipse is magic to somebody who doesn't understand what an eclipse is you know right that's, that's what it is for us. We just don't understand it. But I, I know that um, changing my energy changes my perspective. It changes my reality. I've, I've had experiences where something is overwhelmingly stressful, and I've worked on letting it, surrendering it, and it works out. I, I, I write it down because we talk ourselves out of our miracles. We have a little mini miracle, and we think, oh, it's really cool. And then two years later, it's like, well, that was, it was cool, but it, it was a coincidence. You know, we talk
2: yeah. ourselves out
0: of it. Yeah, I remember when I was at UC Riverside and uh, you know how broke we were and mm-hmm. we were living in Bannock I was you were living in that White House. Emily and I were both living in Bannockburn and I remember when I didn't have even enough money for food. I had stopped waitressing and just was focusing mm-hmm. on graduating and I just prayed one day, like, please God send me some money and I literally got a check the next day for five hundred dollars and then a check for $5,000 from UC Riverside from some scholarship that I didn't even apply for. They just put my name in the bucket. It was like a Hispanic student scholarship and I got a check for like $5,500. If that's not so that, magic, what is,
1: you know, and and it's almost the beginner's luck because the universe will do things like that to get
0: your attention and then we will explain it away yeah. or we'll, you know, so yeah. Um, and even with absolutely. my writing, sometimes I'll reach a point where I think I'm going to hit, and then I don't believe in it enough, and it goes away, mm-hmm. and then I get that chance again. And you have to believe in it.
1: You have to believe in it, but you can't try to control it, because then that's just the yeah. same thing in the opposite direction. It's really about surrender and faith, mm. it, it, that, that if you ask, it is as given. That's biblical, but that's also in the name of another book that really helps me understand how this all works how energy works and um you can't ask for something and then as it's trying to come to you be like that's not it I don't believe it no that's not really it because that's what we do we're we're really good at wanting we're not so good at um accepting and appreciating so we have to get out of our own way energetically to get those things we asked for you were in such a desperate place that yeah. you didn't get in your own way and that's why it came to you so quickly
0: How do you surrender then? Like, what do you do? Is it meditation? Is it walking, being out in nature, letting yourself connect with the natural world? Like, how do you surrender when you want to surrender? Because I have a lot of worries right now, including COVID, politics, Mm -hmm. financial work, being exposed. Like, how do you surrender to it and just let go and just have faith that you're going to be okay?
1: Well, first I want to say with anything spiritual, there is no right or wrong way. You have to find the way it is your truth and feels good to you somebody else's might not resonate with you and you might even think that's the wrong way well it's the wrong way for you but people have to find you know their own because it really it comes back to spirituality so a lot of the work I did before I even started tarot had to do with me understanding what this was all about so once because of my belief system um, I have to remind myself of what I believe because my ego mind takes over and, but what about this? And what about this? And, and then, so for my mantra is just, this is not the source of my happiness. So I'm going to let it go. Like, for example, uh, we just were talking about this the other day, but my student loan debt was so crushing and depressing. I would have these panic moments of, well, I could move to Canada and just escape it because I will never, ever get rid of yeah. it, you know? And so I, 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 I just decided this barely, I barely think about it. And when I do, it freaks me out. So it's not like I'm just going to not think about it, but I'm not going to worry about it because I'm doing what I can. I'm making my payments and I'm alive and I'm happy. And this is not the source of my happiness. And I just kept saying that, kept saying that. And then I was a blue, you know, we just got this new program where I, I'm going from paying over 700 a month to $204. And it just feels like we won the lottery. And I truly believe that came to me and was able to come to me because I finally just released the fact that it is what it is. So I also recommend Eckhart Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth for people dealing with stress and anxiety because the more we struggle – we just suffer more. It, it's like we seriously create our own suffering.
0: Yeah, and I and love also, that book. I've read it two or three times, but um, you and I talked about his podcast also helped us because it's very cerebral, that book. Like it is, it, it you, is. It's, it's almost on another plane that he's talking to us on. And you have to read it, reread it. But then when I listened to it, I was able to find some of those lessons.
1: I agree. The first time I read it, it was life-changing and it took me forever to read because I had to take it in chunks to really be able to process it and then 10 years later they did the podcast and I listened to it and and got like was able to make things more practical where I could actually use it and it wasn't just theory and heady you know so I really recommend starting with the podcast and then if you dig it get the book if you don't dig it I totally would say it's not for you yet you know yeah fine
0: and uh what was the book that we read uh by uh um The, the, the Alchemist. Alchemist. Oh, that was mine in your book. Uh, it I, is. I probably read that 20 times at this point.
1: I even had to teach it. I squeezed it in my curriculum on um, <laughs> when we got to um, the, the Middle East part. You know, I just, well, this is going to cover the geography of you know, northern Africa. And <laughs> we're, we're going to be able to talk about, you know, I totally brought it in. And my kids loved it because it's a simple parable about not you know it, it says it's a parable about following your dreams but it's really about giving yourself permission to realize your dream because in the the forward of that book they talk about how it's not fear of failure that really keeps us from our dream and going after our dream it's fear, fear of success yeah yeah and like people what will go, well, you know yeah people might have it well I'll give you a perfect example I've said for years. I want to be in a think tank because I pride myself on being a good idea person, but not necessarily the foot person. And uh, so I'm sitting in a car um, with a friend who has connections because we were in LA for a little bit. My son went to a school and she said, I know people in a think tank. And immediately I just was like, no, I don't want to do it. Like who do I think I am? I don't really want to be, I just want to say that I want to be in a think tank. But the minute it was presented as actual possibility, I was terrified that no, 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 I'm not ready. So that was the first time that I've ever felt that experience of being afraid of actually realizing the thing I say I want.
0: That's really interesting, because I think that um, my writing, I was at such a desperate place with my law career, um, being a corporate litigator. When I started writing, I think maybe that desperation, like you talked about earlier, being so desperate that you don't stand in your way, I started writing out of just a here need to write. But then when I started succeeding, I was very a self-doubter. Oh, my voice doesn't matter. My voice is uh, juvenile. No one wants to hear my stories. Who wants to hear about some girl from Ontario, California? People want to read Faulkner. So yeah, and Emerson, you know, you, you, you put all these roadblocks in your way. And if we could just get our, out of ourselves way, I think that we would, everyone could achieve their dreams because life is kind of whatever you steer it towards, don't you think? Yes, and I also think that our culture doesn't allow
1: us to see the value of failure and challenges. Yeah. I, I'm just learning this now, um, you know, that my the challenges that are in my life, the big ones, like for me, it's my health. Yeah. Um, these are my teachers. I'm glad that, that my teacher is not, um, you know, my relationship because I have a wonderful relationship. I love my life, but I, I feel like crap a lot of times. And that is, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be pushed to want to grow. I would be comfortable and content. And so if we can start to see some of our, our sacred pain, maybe you have a really strange relationship with a parent or, you know, you always are, you know, being dumped on whatever your sacred pain is, like that's your teacher. And instead of being pissed off at it, it is what it is. So Eckhart Tolle is, again, he's like, we, if you're in the mud, you can sit there and yell at the mud and kick at the mud, but you're just going to dig yourself deeper and deeper. Accept that you're in the mud and then from that mud. point, make a plan, make your plan from there. But you can't make your plan from being pissed at
0: the mud. Yeah. So, Because the mud know, is we, life, really. Life sucks a lot of the time and being in pain sucks. I know what you mean about not feeling well, especially the closer I get to 50 it's getting harder Mm -hmm. and harder to feel good most days and i think you just you do got to accept it and say or infertility from example my one of my crosses that i bear Mm -hmm. i've learned to come to the point where i'm okay with it and i'm like you know what it wasn't meant to happen in this lifetime um, I have a lot of other babies. I have my fur babies. I have my book baby. Mm-hmm. I have my friends. I have my mom who is still here. I have my sisters. I have a great husband and I get to caretake for my mother-in-law as well. So I think that, yeah, I think you got to appreciate whatever you have, whatever crosses you bear, that's okay. Just accept them like you said.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and that's way easier said than done for sure. But yeah, I really think that, that um, we we tend to identify if we don't accept And that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, the thing that we constantly, that's just who we are because that's where our brain has settled on. But it doesn't have to be that way. It can be, this is what I'm experiencing right now, you know, and sucks, but I'm going to go lay down and meditate or I'm going to go take a Tylenol, whatever it is. Um, It's that... um, Or or an espresso (laughs) bean. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. I have to say, I'm not, I am not perfect, obviously, and I indulge in in pity parties occasionally, but I'm at least now aware that I give myself, like, I'm going to feel sorry for myself for 30 minutes, and then I'm going to knock it off, because it doesn't help my situation, it doesn't make me happier, you know, so sometimes our pride keeps us from being
0: happy as well. Um, You talked about your I think you're very gifted um, as far as both prophetically and then giving us a figurative kind of reading. When you did my reading, it wasn't just all predictive. There was a lot of figurative stuff there that I had to um, kind of look deeper inside and maybe made more sense months later. Does anyone else in your family have the gift?
1: Yeah, my mom. um, She has always had the gift from a child, and it, it was scary to her, so she asked that her gift be taken away. She could smell death and it happened like three times where she had the smell and then somebody died. Um, And, and she was young enough that it freaked her out, but she saw things like she, you know, was sensitive. So she told me these stories as a kid growing up and, it terrified me. So I would pray, please, God, don't show me any visions. I don't want to see any fears. You know, I would, every time, anytime I had to go into the bathroom, which was the only place I was alone, I was just, you know, I would pr- make that prayer. I was so afraid. And I really think I ended up blocking some of my gifts, which I've worked to open. Mm-hmm. But, um, fear is, I have to say it fear is the only thing you have to fear. It will be, it's the only thing that will bring you to a level that, you can be affected by negative energy. Mm. You—it's like a radio. You can't hear what's on sixty-six point five if you're dialed into one hundred four point seven, whatever. So, yeah. fear brings us down real quickly, and then we—it it, it, just—it changes your vibration. And then it's kind of like being having a low immunity. You're gonna—you might get sick easier than if you're have a strong immunity. Fear brings that vibration down to put you in a riskier situation. So um, I was afraid for a long time and I no longer am because I understand that we have domain in this <laughs> dimension. So, yeah. you know, there really is not anything without, without fear, um, making you so weak that your energy can't.
0: I used to be very afraid of the dark. Um, mm-hmm. Very afraid. I used to, I slept all through my whole life at, even at UC Riverside with a TV on or a light on or a nightlight. And um, my husband was the one that kind of cured me of that because he can't sleep with any kind of light or even a blue light on it. It just disturbs him. So I had to find that peace within myself and talk myself out of the fear of the dark. So now when it's Mm -hmm. dark, I've kind of... Let it be more calming. But if I go to that place in my head, that fearful place, I can freak myself out in the middle of the night and I'll have to go downstairs and watch TV and I can't go back to bed. But I think you're right. There's something about fear that has a lot of power just in the fear itself. And that's why we love movies like The Conjuring and The Craft, because there's something about just the power of fear and the suspense of fear that makes us very uneasy. What do you think about that?
1: it's it's something that we all understand with fear and I wish we could apply it to positive thoughts because if you can imagine walking through down your hallway, it's pitch black and you're, you got your hands out and you're scared, you got your scared look on and somebody turns the light on and you're like, oh, and suddenly <laughs> you go back to normal. Like, right. I mean, all of that is in our head.
0: Totally so self created
1: Yeah. So it's the same thing with everything. It's you know I don't get mean to get too matrixy here, but it really is like our per, our perception of things is very powerful. Yeah, and so we have to be aware of that, even when it comes to factual things like what we see and you know
0: where what is our where's our whole frame of mind and our reference. So yeah, it's like that twilight zone when. Um... You know, they're walking around town and then you see the perspective is like an alien looking down at a dollhouse. I was thinking uh, that like we don't know where we lie in the universe mm-mm. and in the realm. We only have our own reality that we can rely on and we do need to question that, but we also just need to accept it. Like this is the world we're living in, right? Matrix or not we yes. could be in the matrix. We just
1: might not know. Right.
0: <laughs> eat and you the know, red I'm- pill or blue pill. Which pill yeah. should I eat? <laughs>
1: And I do believe in a balance of faith and reason. So mm-hmm. like, yes, I believe in science and I believe that things should be studied in, you know, systematic ways so we can tell if it's valid or not. Um, but I also believe there are things that we just don't know to, that we don't know. How do you measure what you don't know? You know, so I'm open to yeah. that part of, um, and you know, scientists at the top level understand all that, but. Yeah. on a a much better level than I do. but Yeah, I just
0: read um, Carl Sagan's Contact, which was made into a movie with Jodie Foster that didn't really Mm -hmm. capture the book. But the book is so like that, like wormholes and all these things that we don't really understand. And like you said about the eclipse, like 200 years ago, an eclipse Mm -hmm. was magic. There's a lot of things that are probably not magic that we think of as magic because we don't understand them, like you said. So it is also scientific we accept it in other animals that they can communicate without talking, but it's, it's, you know,
1: um, sci-fi mumbo jumbo. If we talk about telepathy or -hmm. being able to, you know, so why is it, how can birds do it? We can't, you know, why do we think that, that that's not possible? Um, and then for most people, they'll, they'll point out some fraud as this is why, but here's another thing that I don't understand. We understand that doctors they have a practice, right? right? Because it's not, you, you know, you don't go to the doctor and you get cured. You go to the doctor and he helps you figure out how to, you know, get better. But it's like, they're wrong a lot of times. And we we yeah. accept that. We understand that. Well, if a psychic is wrong, the whole thing is a bunch of BS, you know? And it's like, no, there are good psychics. There are bad psychics. I'm going to go out on a limb here uh, to do a Shirley quote. Um, but John Edwards had a popular TV show and I was watching it recently after seeing many shows and I came to the conclusion that he's just not that good. He's not that accurate. He's not a fraud, but I have seen psychics who've been much more accurate because their process, they worked at it. They went through and, and they they figured out what the communication system was going to be. And so it just was better. They were more, they'd done the work to, they you know, practice their craft to just be better at it. So people need to see uh, light workers and spiritual workers and psychics and things like that in that light that Mm. they're not perfect. And just because um, a doctor knows how to heal, you know, treat this doesn't mean he can cure everybody. But if, if a psychic can't tell you you're exactly what you're asking, they're a fraud. Well, no, but, We have to understand, too, that they can only communicate the information given. And some information is not meant
0: to be given, and it's not going to be given, you know, so. So um, we're running out of time here. This has been so interesting. I could talk to you all night. Mm -hmm. But how would someone request a reading from you from Blackbird Tarot? Well, um, if they were interested, they could
1: contact me on um, Facebook. I have a page, Blackbird, um, Blackbird Tarot. Um and just message me and we'll find out what it is they're looking for and then I can give them a quote and I give do a write up with every reading like we talked about so that they can sometimes things don't resonate right away I've had many clients call or text me months later and say oh my gosh this happened just and like then you, said, you, you also know.
0: ask that they have a question so if I was to ask you um, is my writing career going to take off how would you use that question.
1: Yeah. So I work with them to, to frame the question in a way that it's not like a magic eight ball, you know, you can just buy a magic eight ball for that question. But, uh, so what do I need to know is always a good start for your question because then it opens it up to things you're not even asking about that you need to know. So what do I need to know about? And then whatever issue it is, and I don't do third party readings. So it's only for you. If that person is in your life, you you can ask questions around that. Um, but yeah, right. so they could just uh Facebook would be the, the best way. I do have a, a website, but I the Facebook one is the one that
0: I use. Yeah, the know. Blackbird um Tarot is on uh Facebook. Do we have any questions in the comments, April? Real quick.
3: Um yeah, I did uh tag Blackbird Tarot in, in the Facebook comments. That's April on the Hi. (laughs) Hi, thank you. Uh, Sure, so I tagged that. Um, Thank you for the validation of write what you feel,
0: said Cindy. Um, Let's see. There aren't any questions to answer your question. Well, so everyone, contact Blackbird Tarot if you want the, I'm not going to say the best reading, but one of the most intuitive, one of the most, um, the, the thing about, Gina's readings is that it's not cookie cutter. It's not going to be something that you can get anywhere. It's going to be very in depth. So I would I would urge you to check her out and um she's just someone great to know anyway. She's just a very good person and she's also a singer-songwriter. So I think that help- what do you think that helps you with your readings, Gina? Um well I think the same thing I use
1: for writing songs is what I use for reading cards. It's very intuitive. I don't sit down and write my songs from, you know, any place other than this song is coming out of me right now. So it's the same, same realm that it comes from, I think.
0: Well, maybe I can have you back on one day and you can talk about your singer-songwriter thing. Um, and uh, I can play something from Orange Dreams, which is still one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, <laughs> I love it. So thank you, okay. Fran. <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome. So everyone, check out Gina on Blackbird Tarot. Check out her Facebook page. And uh, thank you for being on, Gina. This was a really interesting talk. We might have to do a part two because I didn't even get into half the questions that I had for you. I know. And uh, <laughs> But I, I think you... I think what was most interesting is just the way you view life and the tarot cards. It is kind of just how you practice your life, right? Yeah,
1: I, I would agree because it really could be anything. You could decide to read, you know, your your rocks in the garden. It's about finding something that allows you and trusting where you're going to get your divine information from.
0: Oh, uh, I did have a question for you really quick. Are, so when you get a deck of uh, tarot cards, are you supposed to cleanse them in some way? Um, you can, you can at sage or moonlight, but you know, really what those things are about, the rituals are about the
1: intention because you can cleanse it with just your intention, but most people don't believe that enough. They need to do something and then that gives it more power power because
0: they believe it more. And so do- know that it's not, that's not magic that does that. It's really you, your intention. And uh, do you need to, do you allow anyone else to touch your cards or only you? I'm not, su- I,
1: I'm not super picky about it, but I, I don't, I do mostly remote readings and I actually prefer it that way because I'm so self-conscious that I don't want energy affecting the reading, mm-hmm. my doubt. So I really, I really like remote readings. There are people who don't think that that's possible, but I just, have only have evidence that it works
3: for me. Um, and that's perfect for COVID. Do we have a question, April? Yeah. Myra actually asked, has she ever experienced such negativity in a person that it scared her?
1: No, but my mom has, I really think I'm naive to uh, really, you know, uh, to a benefit. Um, I, I, I have not, I have felt energy, but not a person that was negative. No. I, really, I have really strong boundaries, and I just always have, um, which I'm grateful for. I didn't have to work at it. So if somebody is, is negative in my space, I am pretty clear about what I'm willing to put up with and what I'm not. So for people, I have not experienced that. But I can say this. Anybody who has trouble, who's empathic, and they, and they deal with negative energies affecting them physically, emotionally, it's about intention. So before you go out, imagine putting yourself in a protective sphere. And that your positive energy can come out, but nobody's negative energy can come in. And just that intention is going to help you. But you also have to train your brain not to tell you that that doesn't work.
0: Okay. Great advice. I sometimes, I used to have this rock I had that I would take to work in my pocket sometimes. Because I would have to encounter, a lot of my clients are very severely mentally ill and they're, dealing with the criminal justice systems and I would sometimes have to kind of try to uh, block that negative energy by rubbing a rock in my pocket. Mm -hmm. Now I think I'm going to use that kind of more figurative, like just envision myself in a more protected space.
1: So what somebody could do is put intention into the rock, hold the rock, say this rock is my reminder that I'm always safe, that fear is the only thing that I'm afraid of, you know, Mm -hmm. or that brings me, you know, and then, then you only have to do that once. Uh, My husband used to pray, Every night, and it would take him forever because if he forgot anybody, you know, da da da. And so people do that with their protection um, prayers. And it just goes on and on and on. But what you can do is come up with a word or a thought. I imagine putting that bubble, and I have sound that kind of sounds like the Law and Order intro, <laughs> that I imagine it's like locking me in. And that it, everything I ever said for my protection is in that moment because I said it is, and intention is everything.
0: We'll end on that. Intention is everything. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Blackbird. Thank Carol. you. Talk All to right. you later. Right. Have a great okay. night. Me too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Wow, that was she was such a good guest. I really could have talked to her forever. So just really quick, here's my trivia question. Call in if you know the answer at 909-534-5684. That's 909-534-5684. And the gift is going to be one of my cups. So, this is the trivia question, and I know some of you out there that are listening probably know the answer to this. Name a Susie Sue song that deals with witchcraft. 909 534 5684. 909 534 5684. There's probably more than one, but I have one in my brain. But if you name uh, any Susie Sue, S-I-O-U-X song that deals with witchcraft or witches, then uh, another good song, if you want to hear kind of like a creepy song, is Ouija Board by Morrissey, of course. Um, Or maybe it's by the Smiths, but it's Morrissey singing it. Um, Of course, Stevie Nicks is another witchy woman that I love to listen to. And... um, In case you can't get through, um, I'm just going to tell you to leave it in the comments, and then I'll award the gift to whoever puts in the comments. But if you do want to call in, it's 909-534-5684. Oh, we have a call. Mm -hmm. This is Jem. Who's this? Hello, it's Tracy. Ah, It's Tracy Bestie. You're in my story. (laughs) Were you listening to Witchy Poo? Yeah, I've heard it all. Amazing show, yeah. I love cool. Gina. Oh, she's so zen, she's like the zen master. And Tracy and Gina know each other, so you got to get a reading from her. She it, they are incredible. Um, so I definitely want to give me the name of the Susie Sue song that deals with Wiccan or witches or witchcraft.
2: Oh my god, I have two, but I'm thinking spellbound.
0: <laughs> yes, ding 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 ding. Okay. What was the other one uh, for I extra other, credit?
2: Another that is-
0: a oh, oh, see, oh. I, I didn't even remember that one. I'm writing that one down. Spellbound, <laughs> which was um, in the True Blood series that was on HBO. They used that song in one oh. of the season um, episodes. And I was like screaming when that song came out. That's one of my favorite songs. Spellbound. So we got about a minute here, Trey. Was there anything that particularly struck you um, for what Gina was talking about, the tarot cards? You and I love this kind of stuff, so.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm focusing more on like what she's saying about positive energy. You know, I I think that I need to focus on things like that because um, I tend to dwell on the negative. And I, think, and I think it's all I can, you know, state of mind that you have to be in that mindset. And I don't know.
0: Yeah, just, I'm, I'm always telling you how wonderful you are and how beautiful you are and how cool you are. And yeah, I, I, I think there's something to be said in that and believing what you hear from other people, right?
2: Mm-hmm. right right yeah no i think there's a lot i could get out of her in a positive way because i feel like i'm such in a negative place right now um obviously with everything going on and with I COVID, feel like i'm in a darker day yeah that and just feeling like not fulfilled and things like that so i feel like i could use some positive direction i don't know exactly like a particular question i could ask it yet but i'm brewing it up <laughs> i'm going to Think of something that I could ask her because I'm really interested in sitting with her and yeah. just finding out about more spirituality, getting more spiritually connected again. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like she's very in tune with that. And um, that's a place I'd like to be back at.
0: Yeah, I think these are dark days, and I think a lot of us are struggling. So I would urge everyone, including you, Tracy, let's try to all focus on the positive tomorrow. Let's wake up with the intention to have a great day and believe in ourselves. You too, April. Believe. Yeah. Because like the the thing is, we don't see ourselves the way other people see us. We have all this negative talk right. where we talk bad about ourselves. But then everyone else is telling us, you're amazing. You're, you're doing this and you're doing that. And you're like, ah, oh, that's nothing. But really, mm-hmm. it's a lot. Whatever you're doing, that's great. Whether that's waking up every day and working from home, going in the office, going to the grocery store every Sunday, you have your routine, you feed your family, you work hard, you, you're dedicated, you love your daughter. Like you got to focus on those things that you're doing right.
2: Right. That's so true. And like I just keep going back to the negative, you know. Like we just knock ourselves down the whole, you know, most of the time. Yeah. Instead of thinking what's the positive.
0: April and I were just talking about this right, April?
2: That's right.
0: I was giving <laughs> her a I pep see? talk and ha- telling her how much I admire her. And uh she was giving me some negative talk back and I literally said, like, see yourself she said, cut it I see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're epic, right? And I think you're epic too, Trey. You know how much I admire you. So, and you did my hair today. I just have to give credit to Tracy; she did my hair today. So (laughs) (laughs) that's another good thing she did. Okay, well, thank you, Tracy, for calling in. We love you. I love you.
2: Okay, so I get a cup. You're gonna get a cup. (laughs) Congratulations! You You got it. You got a cup.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, love you. Have a good night. Okay, you you too. Bye. Wow, do you like that episode, April? Oh my
3: goodness! It was it was very cool, and there's still the, uh, the OG Ouija board that we had when we were little in this garage right here. I know, scary. I, I'm, I'm afraid to find it.
0: Now, after what Gina said about dabbling, I don't think I'll ever touch one again.
3: I know. I know. Ouija boards are weird. Whether you believe in it or not, I don't know. I'm always afraid of... uh, Well, there are some bad things out there if you believe in good, so, right? No,
0: there are. And, you know, we had a friend in high school that supposedly put a love spell on someone and it turned bad, kind of like in the movie The Craft, What Happens, where it went too far. And I think if you really do believe in something and you will it, you can will it into being, but it might not be what you think you want.
3: Scary. Yeah. That's so scary. I think you got to have
0: good intentions, positive energy, dwell on the positive. And tomorrow we're all going to have a really great day. Sounds good to me. Okay. Well, we're going to end this episode now. We went about 10 minutes late because we just couldn't stop talking because it was so interesting. But um, we're going to have another episode in two weeks. I haven't decided what that episode is going to be about yet. So it's going to be a surprise. But I'll post it in about a week on social media. So have a great day. Thank you. Gina D. from Blackbird Tarot. Thank you, April Duran, my rock star producer from Raghouse Media. Thank you to everyone that's watching watching and listening. I've had so many views and it really is inspiring how many of my friends watch just to see me. Who would want that? No, I'm going to go positive. Anyone would want that. Love you guys. Okay. Ciao. I'm going to do my Susie dance.